back in the saddle again, only this time it's a bit different. Guitar licks will abound and the air will have a hazy hue to it. Sit down and relax, we're talking Starfleet. Welcome to Seaside Pod Review. The brown one is off in Newfoundland, shirking his duties as a podcast host, so I've had to take charge. Now listen in as we rattle on about the jam session that became an album. Brand new angle, highly commendable. Seaside Pod Review. Seaside Park Review. Starfleet. Seaside Park Review. <laughs> hey, uh, Kevin Brown. It's uh, it's Randy here. How you doing, buddy? Hey, Randy. It's Kevin here. I'm I'm doing just fine. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. What are you up to tonight? I'm just hanging out with a pal, actually, drinking some beer. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, that guy. I heard that guy's kind of an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hanging out in his uh, in his recording studio here in. Uh, I was going to say sunny Saskatoon, but it really isn't, hasn't been sunny at all today. It's been quite gloomy. It has been. Well, thanks for coming over, Kev. Yeah, mate. Uh, maybe you should mention to these lovely folks why we're here and what we're doing. Yeah, so we we kind of figured that we had you know technical problems a few weeks back with um, getting a recording out, and we didn't really want to drop the ball and not release something. So we thought that as we're getting together tonight to drink you know, an unnecessary amount of beer, we thought that maybe we'd record one or maybe even two little episodes uh, just to put out just in case anything happens and we need to get content out to folks. So, I th- you know, I think that's that pr- pretty much sums it up, does it not? It does. It really does sum it up well. But you know what? I'd like to just add something to what you just said, and that's the word content. I really, I really hate that. <laughs> Is it just me? The word content? Yeah. Yeah. I know just, what you mean. It just sounds like you're, you know, grinding out a sausage and just <laughs> and just throw, <laughs> throwing it at the wall and hope people will come and lick it. Yeah. Con- well, so uh, English comedian Stuart Lee, one of his stand-up shows was called Con- Content Provider. Oh, yeah. And it's all about the disposable nature of media and all that kind of stuff, right? So it's it, I, a point well taken, sir, a point well taken. No, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm making light of it. But, you know, I don't want to be dismissive of, of the level of uh, quality and care that we inject into every episode. <laughs> <laughs> and for the listeners who can't see, Randy almost pulled that off with a straight face. Almost. <laughs> Ah, good God. Okay, so this is the plan. We're looking at Brian May and Friends' Starfleet Project. And we thought we would uh, look at that first song, Starfleet. And uh, I will say this, because I'm uh, I'm supposed to be the guy who doesn't know all the, the Queen catalog, but this album uh, a friend of mine had, and I do believe I was about 15 years old, and I went over to his house and we listened to it front to back at least a few times because it had Eddie Van Halen and of course Brian May on it, who we were infatuated with in a guitar way. Absolutely, and I was the same. Like I, I remember picking this up. I'm pretty sure I picked it up on vinyl. I'm gonna say somewhere around eighty-eight, eighty-nine. What year did it come out, Randy? Uh, it looks like it came out in eighty-three. Okay, so it is also. I picked it. Yeah, I picked it up. I think I like picked it up at a market or something and didn't really know what it was because, you know, we didn't have the internet back then, folks. Remember that? You remember those old days when you had to look things up in books or ask people? Those are good times. Yeah, well, you know, apart from, you know, I was going to go on a riff then about fucking something or other, but I'm going to leave it. <laughs> dysentery. <and> Just dis- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not that old. <laughs> Diseases. The dark ages. It's not the fucking dark ages, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Spanish flu. Oh yeah, Ooh, it was a different time. But same thing, I think, and I actually think you know what it was. Probably it was because same thing with it, with it being Van Halen. I think maybe even Virtue had mentioned it. My friend Chris, who, who sadly passed away a few years ago, because he was a big guitar nerd, 
big fan of Van Halen. He got me into Van Halen. And I think so. I kind of saw it and it's like, well, Brian May's playing with Eddie Van Halen. I don't know about this. So I picked it up and the same thing. Like I put it on and I just loved it. Because I'd actually, I remember also the TV show. I remember watching that when I was a kid. And like I was, I was saying to you earlier, I don't really remember anything about the show. I couldn't tell you any plot, any characters, anything like that. But there's a distinct memory of it being this big, you know, it's a space show. What young boy doesn't like, you know, shooty, shooty, pew, pew in space? Like everyone loves that, right? I'm not 100% sure that that's, that show made it to Canada. Uh, maybe it did. Maybe I didn't see it. But I would uh, I would like to mention this here. So it was recorded uh, in April of 1983 at the Record Plant Studios in Los Angeles. Uh, released on Capitol Records. And uh, yeah, uh, as far as the production's concerned here, this is what Brian said, that his son Jimmy was a fan of Starfleet, the English title of a Japanese sci-fi puppet show, X-Bomber. Uh, and I guess it was his son... Jimmy, who said, Dad, you should play this. You should do something like this. This is cool. And we should note, too, that any any time we're going to be going back to source material here and sort of going back to notes and things, it's going to be Randy reading those because I didn't bring my laptop over because I'm a, a well, basically because I'm a fucking forgetful idiot, but I came here right from a, a soccer tournament that my, my youth team was playing in. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, because he goes on to say, I think you'd, we were talking about this before we started turning the mics on and whatnot, but that Brian sort of heard it and thought, yeah, that that's definitely something you can work with and sort of would be a cool kind of guitar-based project, right? And I, and I totally agree. And when the, the end product bears that out. Yeah, his quote is, uh, my little boy had been watching the science fiction series and I always thought that the theme tuned for it would be a great vehicle for all-out guitar playing. And who better to bring on board than uh, Eddie Van Heflin yeah. playing his uh, Stradivarius in various... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in various tapping styles. It's funny, because you got, like, there's so many similarities between Brian May and Eddie Van Halen. They're both quite groundbreaking in terms of sort of they pioneered different styles of play. You know, Brian with that sort of very multi-layered thing and playing the counterpoint on stage with that effects unit they built. And then Eddie with his, obviously, you know, the, the finger tap and everything else. But there's also that similarity in that Brian's guitar is very famous. The Red Special's a famous guitar. But Eddie's Frankenstrat was something that he yep. just fucking tore it down and rebuilt it. And like, it's an ugly piece of crap yeah. when you look at it, right? Yeah. And it just looks like it, and it has been. It's got drill holes in it and there's all sorts of shit yeah. in there because he just Frankenstein it together. But it sounds like nothing else. It does. Yeah. And with Eddie at the, on the fretboard, obviously, it's, uh, it's going to sound extra special. So we've talked, I mean, we obviously we talked lots about Queen and we've, we've done it. And I think in our first episode, we did a little bit of backstory on our relationship with that band. So, but we should talk a little bit about Eddie Van Halen because he is a big part of this record. What are your memories of getting into Van Halen? Like, what, when, what, what's the first thing you remember hearing by that band? Oh, man. Well, uh, you know, it's hard, it's hard to say for sure, but probably, you know, Panama, something like that. So, you know. So 1984, sort of the, the big yeah, album. Yeah, probably big, sort of, Jump yeah. and all that stuff. Uh, it's hard to say. I might have been into some of the earlier stuff. But either way, uh, that did lead me backwards through through all of the Van Halen yeah. albums, which I loved and, and continue to, to love to this day. And and like you were saying earlier, uh, you're kind of a brand new Eddie fan, like you were before, obviously, but you've just kind of rediscovered Eddie and his his playing. And it should be mentioned uh, that he was, you know, besides being a great guitar player, was an excellent songwriter and a, a keyboard player, arranger, all of that, right? Everything, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, Eddie and Alex wrote all those songs. 
you know, I mean, Dave Lee Roth probably came in with a few bits and pieces here and there, and I think there's one, I can't remember which song it is, but he's playing, a, Dave plays acoustic on it, and there's, you know, there's some, so there is some musical input from the rest of the band, of course, but yeah. for the most part, that's just Eddie and Alex thrashing those things out and, you know, and shouting at each other and in Dutch and, and all that kind of good stuff. So you do forget that, you know, he just kind of gets lumped into this, well, he's a shredder or he's, he's this or that, but he was just a phenomenally talented all-round musician. Brilliant, brilliant musician. Yeah. And so I don't know, I don't remember the relationship between Brian and Eddie. Um, does it say anything in the notes there, Randy, about how that came to be? Because I know that, because Brian was finger-tapping on a song called It's Late from News of, uh, News of the World, and that was, it sort of just predates Eddie's, Van Halen's first album coming out. So it's not like, you know, I mean, tapping had been around, but Eddie just sort of took it to a completely different level and made it a different part of the song where it was really just an accent before it became the sort of primary thing that a guitarist could do. So I'm kind of curious where that relationship between Brian and Eddie uh, started, if you, could, if you can see that. Yeah, I don't really know. I can't really see that there's any any reference to that exactly there. Okay. But uh, I was just going to add to what you were saying about the, the finger tapping thing, which, of course, Eddie became so famous for, uh, but did not invent. Yeah. But, you know, he was the one that popularized it, certainly. Was well, that, you know, anything like it? People playing distorted guitar. Yeah, there is someone who did it for the first time, and there's, you know, Les Paul put pickups, and, you know, there's, there's all those kind of things, but there's then someone who takes that and just smashes it into the public, public consciousness. Mm-hmm. And Van Halen just changed, he changed the whole game, really, right, when you think about it. Yeah, he sure did. I was talking to someone, I was talking to our friend Corey Morissette, I was talking to online the other night, and we were on about those hair metal bands in the sort of the eighties and nineties. And they were all very, you know, and there's some good songs came out of that period or, or nostalgically, I can still listen to some of it, but it was very formulaic and very sort of templated. And it was, it was built a certain way. And there was a lot of not, not untalented, but not, you know, super, super talented bands. But then you got also at the same time, Van Halen was still kicking and they were still putting out stuff in the eighties. And so were like a band like Aerosmith yeah, where they managed to do, they got the polish, they got all the, the, the you know the, the sonics and made it sound nice and, and fit for radio, but underneath it, it was all underpinned by these fucking great songs, like just still really great, good songwriting efforts. Where it, it wasn't just pablum, you know, which a lot of the hair metal stuff was just awful. In yeah, a lot of the hair metal for me does not stand up well. No, uh, most of it, in my opinion. If you're a, a hair metal fan out there, no disrespect, but uh, uh, yeah, sometimes sometimes they were you know they had talented guys playing on songs that weren't that great or the production was lacking and yeah so but yeah good point Aerosmith and Van Halen all making music through all of that era and probably and probably some of the best yeah some of the best stuff too so funny too because all the, the guys over at La- in the lap of the pods I can't remember the guy sent it to you can't remember what pause it was but someone you know they do the Stones or the Beatles or David Lee Roth or Sammy Hagar or blah blah and someone had put like Def Leppard or what was it Def Leppard or Poison <laughs> <laughs> the guys, their post was just get fucked. Fucking <laughs> 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 made me laugh. Oh. Uh, my thoughts too here, because you bring up poison, so I would like to just put this out to the world. In my humble, <laughs> as I, I, st- I state that, in my humble opinion, they're the worst, most famous band ever. I can't think of a, another group of four individuals with less talent <laughs> that were as successful. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know? Uh, so, and I would oh. and I would throw that caveat on that they had one good song, and Talk it was dirty. called Talk Dirty to Me. 
and the rest really <laughs> should have been just put in the fucking in the fucking pile, man. <laughs> uh, so, James Acaster in Taskmaster, which is about Rod Gilbert's thing. I want to set fire to it. That's how I feel about a lot of those songs. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Anyway, so we've got on a bit of a, a bit of a tangent there, but it, to bring it back, like that, it's kind of cool. The you know, so you said it was eighty three. So Van Halen were, you know, they were pretty fucking big in 83. You know, 1984, the album was just about to come out. So what was, the, I think 83 would have been David Down then. That would have been the last album before. Uh, I do believe. Yeah, I do believe. You know, so yes. that was kind of a placeholder kind of thing. So I could see that Eddie would be kicking around, not out on tour. And Brian's in a, in a bit of a gap. So they've just done, I think, oh, 83 would have been Hot Space. I don't think, when did the works come out, Randy? Can you Google that for me? I can't remember the year. I think that was 84. So I was I was looking though, Randy. The we were talking about sort of so it was recorded. Sorry, where was it recorded? L.A. Right in Los Angeles in uh, a studio called. Let me look at it. The record plant. Record plant, yeah, which was where Queen recorded or at least recorded parts of the works, which was their follow up to Hot Space, and they recorded that there in I think eighty three, eighty four. So it's kind of interesting that they went back to that studio. So I wonder if they already knew they were going to go to there. And Brian just, maybe maybe Brian was over there just checking it out. And sort of called up Eddie and said, hey, dude, do you want to come and jam and whatnot? So, but I think it's kind of cool that that, uh, that uh, took place anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. Good point. Do you have a listen? Got a great garage band feel to it, hey? I love the keyboards. Yeah. It's funny, it's because we talk a lot about keyboards, especially with Queen and whatnot, and some keyboards sound dated, but these ones don't to me. They definitely sound 80s, but they sound really fucking cool. They do. And so, Brian singing the lead. Yeah. Uh, we had a Brian song last week. Yeah, I think he does a nice job of this one. It's all right. I mean, it's a he's a bit thin, but whatever, it's fine. You know, it's just when he hits those high notes, he doesn't have the there's no punch or power to his vocals. You know, when you listen, when you compare it to Freddie, you know. Yeah. Love all the sound effects behind it too. Hey. Yeah, that's awesome. That'd have been a way bigger deal then than it is now. <laughs> So I do believe this song has Eddie and Eddie and Brian. I mean, it's and Brian just on this track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I said, what I think is cool about it is it doesn't sound overproduced. It sounds like it just sounds like a jam, which is exactly what it was, right? Yeah, yeah. A jam at the record plant with some of the top musicians in the world and yeah. one of the best studios in the world. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just a yeah, just a jam. <laughs> We were, we were commenting earlier too, though, like the keyboards, especially, really the whole thing, does put you a little bit in mind of um, "Come Sail Away." It's got there's a, a flavor of that there. You know? Oh, definitely. I don't feel like that lick that just went by too is yeah. so Queen, Ala Brian. Yeah. Ooh, lasers. <laughs> there's a bit of Van Halen, man. Pinched harmonics. It's a little Eddie Van Halen thing for yeah. sure. 
That's definitely the Brian. Yeah, there's no mistake in that playing, hey? <laughs> You know, we talk. We always talk about Eddie Van Halen about tapping, but there's also his use of the whammy bar. It's very distinctive as well. It's a bit like a, it's a bit like a mutual masturbation session. Though, really, <laughs> it's just hey, look at this. Hey, yeah. We got Brian May and Eddie Van Halen. Why not? Why the fuck not? Well, I mean, let's be honest. What else are they going to do, right? What is? It's that thing of like, someone said. I was reading on about a little bit on my phone here about. People say, you know, like most solo projects can be just regarded as being a bit self-indulgent. But yeah, absolutely. Why not? Why not be self-indulgent and play music with your friends? And like, if one of your friends happens to be Eddie Van Halen, all the better. I'd like to know what kind of keyboard that is, actually. I did a little bit, a little bit of looking on Wiki, but I couldn't find out what it is. Uh, and this was 83, so... Profit, maybe, or something like that. Yeah, it could maybe be the Profit. Uh, I, don't, I don't think the DX7 was out then, the Yamaha DX7. I don't think so. Korg M3, maybe? No, it wouldn't be a Korg. Well, maybe, because that's what Eddie used to play. Could be an M3. It's funny, too, because, you know... We were talking about Brian saying that he heard this theme and thought it would work well. And it really does, because it's a great melody. It's a really nice little melody. Isn't it? Yeah, I love it. So just FYI, the uh, DX7 was made from 83 to 89. So it would have been brand new if it was... Yeah. <clears throat> I, I'm not convinced that that's what it is, but I'm just I'm just spitballing that. I'm going to... Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go... Yeah, I would say probably... I'd say probably that. I think it's an M3. Again, because Eddie was using those around that time. He definitely used that's what he played all over 1984. So, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, but I mean, this isn't Eddie playing it either, though. So, so who knows? No, that's true, too. That's true, too. So, it could be whatever. Whatever. What's his name? Who who Uh, played keyboards on this, Randy? Well. Pull up up the PDF of wikis. Allow me. Allow me to enlighten you with my wiki prowess. Ding, 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 ding. That was Fred Mandel on the keyboards. And uh, I should be noted that uh, Roger Taylor supplied the backing vocals on Starfleet. Yeah, they were dubbed on afterwards, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, dubbed on afterwards yeah. or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah That's sure. the guy who sang it, Kevin. Yeah. Why do you always have to correct me <laughs> when there's no need for correction? I'm just adding more fucking context. Yeah. Just oh. calm down over there. Or are you, or you just making content over there on the couch, are you? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, well, let's wrap this episode up here. <laughs> Fucking content. The, the, the number of times, <laughs> the number of times I farted on this, <laughs> beyond measure, beyond measure. No, it's, and so I was looking up too, and I didn't realize. So Fred, Fred Mandel played with Queen on the works. I think it's interesting. I didn't realize the fucking guys from Estevan, Saskatchewan. And I would just like to add to. Uh, to this in uh, in regards to Estevan, Saskatchewan, which is pretty cool that a musician of that note came yeah. from such a fucking shithole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
my nickname for my nickname for it is Depressivan. And I'll tell you what, if you spend an hour there, you've spent a week. So uh, I'm sure Fred's number one job was how in the hell can I get out of fucking Estevan? <laughs> so good for you, Fred. Yeah. Yeah, he moved to L.A. just as quickly as his little legs could carry him. <laughs> oh, fuck. Ah, good old Fred. I'll have to look into that, yeah, because I think, I don't know, maybe, I can't remember. I think he I think he played the piano on Man on the Pro. Can you Google that for me, Randy? I feel so fucking Jesus. I just sound like Joe Rogan. That, that won't do. Do you not have a... I do, but my battery's low. I don't want to fucking shred my battery. Well, you can plug your phone and I got power here, man. Yeah, but I got, it's it's an iPhone, so it's... It's a lightning connector. It's not. Well, use your lightning connector cable. I don't have it with me. Oh, what the fuck? I mean, you know. Oh, I should uh, add to all our Estevan listeners out there. Sorry you live in Estevan. I feel bad for you. <laughs> yeah, so Fred Mandel played. There's a, there's a rip-roaring piano solo at the end of... Um, oh, I don't know solo, but yeah, well, they did, yeah. At the end of um, Man on the Pro, which is a... a album track from from the works and so he's, he's the guy who ripped that out and i yeah fucking great player very cool yes yeah, so it's kind of fun going back and listening to this and i, I so you know i it's one of those that I, I whenever i think about it i always think back with sort of very nostalgic fond memories so it's kind of nice to know that i still i don't know still kind of dig it um but maybe maybe what we should do randy is we should keep the format and we should actually vote on this thing i'll not vote but just sort of give our thumbs up or thumbs down so this track, this this thrown together, hurriedly thrown together jam session in LA. Yep. Um, for you, is this one of the champions, or is it going to bite the dust? What do you what do you, what do you say there, Mister Woods? Well, you know, Kevin, if I really really think about it, I have to say. And what about you, Kev? Champion. Or does this one bite the dust? I mean, 100%. We are the champions, my friends. Uh, so normally this, is, uh, normally this is your stance, Kev, because uh, you are definitely more into the Queen catalog than I am. But often you'll say, you know, I just don't know how I could not vote this as a champion because of all the nostalgia that, that comes with it. And I would say that in this instance... Uh, it is for me. I remember going over to my friend's house, uh, who was when I was about fifteen, who was a guitar player as well, and we just sat there and would just pour over this this record and other albums. And uh, so, yeah, so for me, it's 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 cool, and it was really great to hear it after. I, I don't know that I've heard it since since I was, you know, seventeen, eighteen, or whenever the last time I listened to it. Yeah, and I mean, it's funny because, like I said, you know, the the production is minimal on it. They've they've left that that's you know a stylistic choice to not really go to town on it, and it really captures that in the moment jam room feel that and I love that because it's very that's quite contrary to a lot of what Queen do because Queen's you know the production side of Queen is a they're usual, a studio band yeah, yeah absolutely so mm-hmm. but this so it's nice to take the chains off and let Brian just you know play with him guitar and 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 then solo here or there and then bring Eddie Van Halen and then you get this weird sort of eclectic mix of styles so it's super super cool and it, but they really work together yeah you know so Brian May is obviously a very clever guitarist and Eddie Van Halen was a great rhythm guitarist you got two guys you can do both playing off each other and it just it just sounds like what it is it's just yeah it's fun it's really really fun I get the impression that 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 they're having a good time. Uh, and that's always the thing. If you're a musician and if you can, if it sounds like you're having a good time, 
whether you are or aren't, yeah, uh, then you'll bring your audience along with you, and and I think that's what's happened here because it is it's just fun and you know interesting take on on the whole Starfleet. Yeah, of, yeah, I love it. And I, I would say that you know we were talking a little bit about Brian's vocal, and it's fine, but it just it's always with me with Brian's stuff. I love Long Away last week because those sort of mid-tempo things where he's singing more in his mid to lower register. His voice really suits those, but to me, with the with the harder stuff, with the rock stuff, as soon as he gets up in those higher registers, his voice and you and I can see. And it's funny because we were sitting there, he's shaking it a little bit. It just thins out a little bit to me, and I don't get that same punch and power that I want in that sort of top end from a rock vocalist. Listen, I think it's great. Is he Freddie Mercury? No, I mean, but 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 it's good, and I, and I think it's great, and I think it suits it just fine. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, we all we all can't be operatic in our our top end and have. We can't all do that. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I know what you mean. Clearly, clearly, Brian can't either. But, but I think it's, I think it suits it. I think it suits it just fine. So, yeah, yeah. I kind of, I was, I wonder, like, if maybe if Roger had even sang because he did, like I said, he did backing vocals on this. Yeah. It would suit Roger's voice a little bit more, even maybe just with that sort of because Roger's got a bit more rasp and a bit more gravel. You know what I mean? Well, and Roger's upper register is yeah killer too, right? Yeah. So yeah. But yeah, no, it's it's a it's like I said, it's just a fun little, and it's one of those things too. Like you said, when you you found it, it's because it didn't get any airplay. I mean, it charted and it did okay, but it didn't get any radio play because the songs are too long and they're you know it's these weird sort of extended jam sessions. But when you stumble across a little gem like this, especially as a guitarist, I can see that right because you've got again Brian May and Eddie Van Halen. It's just wonderful. It's just that sort of, and again, we'll, maybe we'll talk another episode about one of the other tracks off it. Maybe we'll do the Blues Breaker at some point. Yeah. Because again, it's just, it's music sometimes should not be serious, Randy. What? Hard rock and, and metal sometimes takes itself far too seriously for me. Are you trying to say that I shouldn't take every single rock song literally as most, as literally <laughs> as I possibly can? I shouldn't have any fun with it? I, I think you should, I think you should really, you know, try to find the torture and the pain in every single verse and, and every chorus, really. Oh, good. Well, you know, thanks, Kev, for shedding light on that. But yes, you're right. <laughs> it, 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 it should be fun. And you know what? We should allow ourselves to to have fun yeah. and to just enjoy a, enjoy a song. Not every song has to, has to be a world-changing experience, right? Absolutely. And so you know what we should do this time, Randy? Rather, that, rather than leaving the last word to Freddie Mercury, yeah. this time we're actually going to leave the last word to Mr. Brian May. Or Mr. Dr. Brian Sir, whatever fucking title he's got now. All right, fair enough. Dr. Bry. Thanks for listening, folks. Cheers. Good night. Some new ground has been broken. We've done something different. A change is going to come, and there isn't anything you or I can do about it. If I were to title this episode, I'd call it Mutual Masturbation, or possibly Nice Licks, Eddie. We'd sure like to know what you have to say about Queen, so you can find us on Facebook at Seaside Pod Review and on Twitter at Queen Seaside. If you get some time, drop us a line. We seriously do appreciate it. We'd like to talk to you. We'd like to know what you think. Uh, and you know what? We will be back with you next week to chat about Queen. What is this? What is this guy? What is he doing? I can't even begin to...